0: One's from the trailer park, one's from the farm, rings on their fingers, no babies on their arms, taking life with a grain of salt and light, living, loving, laughing, we're having a good time, nothing too deep won't tell you how to vote, 2 send stand-up comics with stories from the road, we're cutting up. we're having a good time.
1: All right, welcome to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name's Dusty Slay, and I'm here with my wife and co-host, Hannah Hogan.
2: Hey, good afternoon.
1: We just had, uh, this is Thursday night. Uh, This is Wednesday night. This podcast will be out on Thursday morning. We're recording it on Wednesday night. I just had a show at Zaney's. I'm very tired, but we want to do the podcast because we enjoy doing the podcast and uh, we like having people listen to it. So if we're going to have people listen then we have to be consistent. We've been very consistent, but uh, my my week has been wild.
2: You been you've been having a lot going on, Dusty Slay.
1: So let's get right into uh, we're having uh, where we've been, <laughs> where I'm pretty spaced out, I Let's
2: get you. right into we're having a good time.
1: <laughs> I got I got no sleep. So uh, where we've been, where we going. Where we've been, where we're going Where they
0: going Where they been Where they going where they've been. Where we're going, where we've been.
1: Bridgeport's kind of a wild city. My Uber driver on the way in, I was like, hey, so what's the city all about? Should I – where I, can I just hang out? And he was like, that's not a great city. He's like, I wouldn't <laughs> – he's like, I wouldn't just hang out. and uh, Hang in. <laughs> yeah. And so I mainly hung in my hotel room. Uh-huh. I went to the Trader Joe's and bought food, and then I hung out in there. But uh, I had a good time at the club, really good club, and uh, they're really building it up. I think it's, a, it's an area of town they're trying to change They're trying to make better. And i just never been there. But uh, Mick Thomas was my feature on Thursday. and Katie Hannigan was my feature for the rest of the weekend. And they were both very funny. We had a great weekend. And so on Saturday night, my shows were done. I got back to my hotel around midnight. And I had to be up at 4 a.m. But I didn't get to sleep till about 1 a.m. So I was on three hours. I flew home. And I I got a little nap in here. I got a few hours of a nap. And that felt great. And then I got up and I went down to the Bridgestone Arena where I did a corporate event for the Nashville Predators.
2: Wow. I totally forgot about that because I went with you. But that's crazy. I totally forgot about that. Yeah.
1: That was on Sunday. And I got uh, a jersey. They gave me a cool jersey. Slay on the back. With my name on the back. Very awesome. And they also said anytime that I want to come to a Predators game, let them know. And uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Very fun,
2: yeah. Chaz, Chaz is amazing.
1: Yes, he is amazing. The
2: mover and the shaker around there.
1: And then, so the next, so I came home and went to sleep, and then I got up again at four, and I flew to Las Vegas, Nevada. Las Vegas, Nevada. I had never been, yeah. and I got there, and I immediately, I got, I, I went to the city at the Bellagio Hotel. I got a little video of that. I got some stuff coming. I still got the Colorado video coming. I've just been. I've been slow about editing, but I got the Colorado video coming, and I got my little video of me at the Bellagio. And so I got into this super sweet room, called a suite, and uh, and I passed out for about six hours. I I woke up around eight p.m. and then I went walking around the city.
2: Yeah, that that I remember when you were. You had your nap because you woke up, and I'll tell you this, folks, that nap he had was the nap to end all naps.
1: Best nap I ever had. I
2: mean, he called me bragging about his nap for about 20 minutes. I'd just be like, yeah, so I uh, wrote a few pages of my short story today. Gosh,
0: I just, I feel so good right
2: now. I mean, I slept. I I felt the REM sleep more than I'd ever felt it in my life
1: yeah I felt like the beginning of the way you said that when I said gosh made it seem like I was mad at you about writing the short story now I was that was my reaction to how wonderful I felt after that nap
2: yeah you were so well rested it was like you had never slept before it was amazing like have you tried sleep this sleep is great
1: so then uh, then I got to sleep again that night but I couldn't sleep m- much past seven so I woke up because I was on you know whatever Whatever time that is, in I think Las you're Vegas. on
2: Pacific time there.
1: Yeah, so I had, you know, so it was nine here, and I don't sleep much past that. So I was up and I was out, you know, walked around the city a little bit, but I mainly just hung out in my hotel because I was very tired. I don't gamble, I don't drink. There's nothing for me to do. Well,
2: when you're in the Bellagio, hang out at the Bellagio. Well,
1: I did go to a restaurant in, in the Bellagio, and I had a steak. And,
2: uh, yeah, I feel like at, at at the Bellagio you have to be called Dustin. Yeah, it was a delicious. It's steak. The kind of place you can't go by Dusty. You got to yeah. be Dustin. Ew, well, I hate Dustin. I hate yeah, that name. I don't go by Dustin. Yeah, no one knows that. You're giving believe.
1: you're giving away information. Sometimes
2: here. it h- hits me like I'm married to a guy named Dustin. Yeah, people that's don't crazy. know that's my name.
1: You're giving that out right now. People don't oh, know that. Sorry, that's my name. I don't. Well, it's
2: not your name though. No one ever calls you. That, it but is it not. Is, it's on your birth certificate. It though. is
1: not my name. Actually, my parents have never. Ever even called me that? No, no, I know. No one in my family has ever they 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 put. It's like they just put Dustin on the birth certificate so that they could have that name. But then they called me Dusty. I, yeah. don't, I don't understand why. But um,
2: if your name, if you went by Dustin, we probably wouldn't be together.
1: Well, <laughs> I don't know if that's <laughs> true, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, mean, you're really trashing Dustin's out yeah. here. We have a friend named Dustin Nickerson. I know. That's I mean, it's a
2: shame. You know, <laughs> everyone's got a cross to bear, <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah.
1: But uh, so then i I did a show on Tuesday night in the Bellagio for the uh, vape company Jewel, and uh, I had a lot of fun there. There, uh, it was great. They were a great crowd, and I had uh, I had a lot of fun. And then I. So then I got to, to my room about 10.30. I was in bed by 11, probably not asleep until 12. Woke up today at 3.30 and flew home. I flew to Dallas, and then I got delayed in Dallas. So I got home just in time for us to go look at a house. We're thinking of buying a house. And we got there just in time to go look at that house, drive home, Get my stuff ready, go to Zaney's and, uh, and then I gotta get up uh, that's the where I've been and I had a show at Zaney's tonight and it went really great. I had a lot of great people on there I had uh, uh, j dub J dub Johnson here from uh, from Nashville. I had uh, Taylor Williams from Nashville, Rowan Young from Knoxville and Matt Owens from New Orleans
2: or New Orleans
1: yeah. And it was a great show. One of my, one, honestly, one of the best lineups I've had in a long time. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun.
2: I thought I was also at the show. I'm a full time wife now, and, uh, um, I thought it was a great show. I thought the lineup was really fun and eclectic. I, you know, now that I've been taking some time off doing comedy myself, I have been really enjoying comedy and really enjoying um, female comedians honestly in particular and oh I just thought Taylor was so funny she's so funny she kind of started doing comedy I don't know around Nashville maybe a year ago I'm not really sure but I wasn't always doing a lot of open mics I would just be you know road weary and then just hit the road and kind of thing but she was so funny so um, I'm really looking forward to seeing her more around Nashville and Rowan Young of course one second place at the funniest comedian in the Heartland competition that oh, i oh did you win Sega Buzz yeah you didn't know that no that's, that's a whole, great yeah that's the whole thing oh that's awesome yeah, did you see her funny. tonight yeah okay great I mean
1: I know you saw her on stage but you guys talked and stuff
2: yeah we talked we hung out and uh, so I don't know girls are funny
1: yeah it's great it was a great show really fun and now uh, where I'm going is I'm leaving uh, in the morning I don't have to be up at four thank goodness. I can get to the airport at a decent time, but I go to uh, Tempe, Arizona tomorrow, mm. where I'm going to do shows. I'm going to do. I'm going to headline. Why fir- don't
2: they just call it Phoenix? Well, because I mean, it, it's in Phoenix.
1: because well, in Phoenix is the Phoenix, the Stand Up Live, the club Stand Up Live. Tempe is the campus. It's a different part. All right. It's not Phoenix. It's a different part. It's right. so a Tempe improv, and then they have Stand Up Live Phoenix. All right. But uh,
2: we all know it's Phoenix. Though.
1: Well, it's very close, but it's Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know why you're acting like you have the the scoop on Arizona here.
2: Well, uh, people are like, Tempe, where's that? Where's that? Is that near Utah? Is that... I don't... I don't even know any other place in Arizona, honestly. Yeah. Tucson. Tucson. Is that it? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of places. Yeah.
1: But anyway, so I'll go there. I'll headline on Thursday night, and then I'll headline the Late Show Friday and Late Show Saturday. And then I'll feature... The early show Friday and the early show Saturday for Heather McDonald. But if you're thinking of coming, don't come to one of those shows where I'm featuring at. Come to one of the shows where I'm headlining at. That's going to be more fun. Yeah. It's going to be a great time. I like Tempe a lot. I like I like that part of the country. I have a lot of fun. I've done that club several times now, and I enjoy it a lot. So I'm pumped to go there. And, uh, and then I come home. After that, for I come home Sunday, I get Sunday night and Monday night at home, and then I'm right back at it, wow, right back at it. I'm going to
2: Florida, right?
1: I'm going to Missouri first, oh, to do a college, yeah, and then we're going to West Palm Beach.
2: I mean, I love it you're just you're just working so much
1: all over the place. And I'm
2: just watching you.
1: It feels great. I mean, I think it feels great for both of us. It feels great to me because I like the travel and I love doing comedy. It feels great to you because you get to hang out at home. And we may buy a house. I mean, we're really considering buying a house right now.
2: Yeah, I'm going to become a homesteader. I'm going to invest in some goats, some chickens, and some organic farming.
1: We actually are looking at a house currently right now that has a chicken coop already there. Yeah, I, I don't some,
2: know if we should talk about it. It's gonna like jinx it or something like that.
1: I don't think it's gonna jam. I mean, we're not. You know, if we don't get it, we don't get it. Uh, but I, but we're uh, we looked at one today, and it has a chicken coop and uh, a little uh, raised garden beds, which I've yeah. been reading a book on mini farming. Yeah, and half of the struggle with mini farming is building those things. Oh yeah. So you know, but we're we've looked at so many houses. I mean, we like this one, but we're also like, hey or whatever comes comes you know what i mean mm-hmm. we're 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 open we're, we're open. not in a rush we're not in a rush but
2: for whatever reason we keep looking at houses we keep looking at cuz we're ready you know we're yeah. ready to
1: i mean we love our actually i love the apartment that we're in i don't think the people from the apartment complex came to the show they said they were going to come i don't think they came yeah but we love um we love our apartment that we live in but we're ready to uh get us a home
2: yeah yeah
1: Actually, we pay a lot for the apartment, too. Yeah, we 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 pay a lot. We could pay less on a
2: mortgage. Yeah, I think once we sort of did the math on what we're paying for our apartment and what we could do with a mortgage, we're like, hmm. Yeah. We need to get a house, but.
1: So, uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, this podcast is not as planned out as some of the others. Um,
2: Well, let me ask you a question, Jesse. Okay. Let me take the mic Um, here. Yeah. So I was watching you on stage tonight, and I was just wondering, do you feel really in the zone because you've just been – Jet setting, but also doing so much comedy. Do you just feel like a certain level of comfort and you're just kind of in it? Well, I'll say
1: yes, absolutely. I mean, I feel so in the zone right now because I just keep doing comedy. Every day, almost, I'm doing comedy. I mean, it's like, and I'm doing different things. I mean, Bridgeport is a different audience than Zanies, the Bridgestone Arena, different audience than, you know, the, the Jewel gig in Las Vegas. And it's like that's why I mean that's why I preach about being clean because yeah. it's because I'm clean that I'm able to do these different things. Now Bridgeport didn't require that I be clean. Zanies doesn't require, but you know it's better at the uh, for the for the predators if I kept it pretty clean. Yeah, and it's better for the jewel thing if I kept it pretty clean. So it's like it's a you get a variety, but this is what I've been doing right. I, and I think this may be something that, that could be helpful. I, I've always kind of preached against not keeping notes in your phone and writing them down in a notebook. But, late, but I've been putting notes in my phone for years. And the reason that I preach against it is because they get lost. I lose them. I don't even know what happens to them. But lately, I've been wanting to get my Twitter popping. I've been my, my, uh, my Instagram's good, I like it. My Facebook is good. I like it. YouTube is good. I like it. But my Twitter is weak. And I don't mean followers. I could use a lot more followers on all of those. But
0: uh, Couldn't we all? <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Let's get those followers.
1: Uh, I don't know if you're making fun of me or just the culture in general. Oh, but I don't know. <laughs> but I'm just saying. I'm not I- – well, my point of saying that is I, I'm not – when I say they're good, I'm not bragging about followers. I mean I put out good content that's fun, that people enjoy, and I get likes, and it's fun, right? But my Twitter is has been weak, so I decided that I wanted to focus on that. So what I did is I started digging back through my phone and digging through all these notes. I mean I have notes from 2013 in my phone. I had 537 open folders. And I went back and I've just been – while I'm sitting on an airplane, I'm just combing through this, copy and pasting into the draft folder of Twitter. But in – so I'm creating these new tweets, right? But in doing that, it forced me to go back, find these jokes. So tonight at Zany's, I had a ton of new jokes. Now, are they great? No. But I think they all have some potential. It's finding, you know, it's always finding what what that joke needs. Maybe they're not all great, but it was fun. I mean, I did ten minutes off the top of brand new jokes, and then I did. Of course, I threw in a Cracker Barrel joke in there, which wasn't completely new, but uh, it was a hit. And then I, um, you know, did jokes in between that were that were all new, and it felt really good. I mean, I really enjoyed it. So, I mean, that that being said, it's like. I always say this. If, even if you're not doing comedy a lot, you're not performing a lot, always be writing it down because if you're always writing it down, it, it just it's just there. It's there now. If you don't write it down, it disappears from your mind.
2: Mm-hmm. You always think, oh, I'll remember that. I can't find a pen. I'll, I'll remember it, and then you don't.
1: Right. You do not remember it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so it does help to be well-practiced because I'm in the zone. I'm seeing a bunch of variety of people and then also um, – I'm I'm writing jokes.
2: How's your nerve levels? I mean, I went to this corporate gig that you did for the Predators, and it was in the Nashville Predators Bridgestone Arena. Like it was in where they play hockey, so it's huge. And you know they've they've just kind of made it a a dinner for I don't know, maybe how many people do you think were there? Like 300 people or something like that.
1: At least maybe five, maybe
2: 500. Yeah, there's probably more than that. It was like 500 people, but they're all fancy. Rich looking white people, honestly, I don't know if that sounds offensive, but that, I mean, I, I showed up and I'm like, oh, I should have curled my hair. (laughs) You know, that's (laughs) what I thought. Curls, curl my hair and like wear some lipstick or something like that, you know, but yeah. And I thought, geez, I could never, I don't have jokes appropriate for this kind of classy event, you know? Um, but you just went up there and, and a part of me was kind of like, you know, your whole character is like, yeah, I'm just like a good old boy from the South. And, I, you know, I'm just like a country boy. Like, I'm kind of like, is he, is he going to connect with these people in this corporate setting? Um, but you did. And I was so relieved because I actually secretly hate watching you do cor- corporate gigs because I find them very uncomfortable and intolerable, generally speaking. But that gig was really fun and lovely yeah I mean,
1: I think they're great. I think it's uh, it's all about trying to connect no matter what the audience is. And it's yeah. not they're not all going to be great. I can't expect them to all be great, but it's like the sheets gigs, I mean it's like there was 700 people a night in that. Yeah, and I loved it. Yeah. I mean, I get a little nervous because I'm like, you know, you know, especially the first night of sheets, I'm like, it's an hour. they're like they're asking me to do an hour. So I have to go up here. So whether it's going well or not, I'm going to be up here talking for an hour, and when, when I'm waving to the crowd and I'm saying we're having a good time and they're laughing, it's awesome. But when I'm doing it and they're not really laughing, I'm like, all right.
2: When you're saying we're having a good time, <laughs> while in your heart you're like, I'm not having a good time right now.
1: And that doesn't happen a lot, but sometimes that it does. For
2: sure, has to happen sometimes, right?
1: And, it, and then it's like that's when you go back. It's like that's when you go back to the training, right? You're like, all right, all my all my things, all my fun things, all my fun quirky things are not working. The audience is not into this. So it's like that's when you go. All right, let's just get to the jokes. Let's get back to the basics. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to win them with tricks. Throw
2: down some aces.
1: Yeah, you just got to get into it. You got to uh-huh. grind it out. Yeah, you dig deep.
2: Um, yeah, I had some thoughts that I'm not going to say in the microphone, just about your jokes and stuff like that. But well,
1: uh, well I have, you know, I have. Um,
2: I really like the comment that someone wrote on on one of your YouTube videos that. <laughs> This guy is a combination of awkward and confident well, at the same time. That,
1: I said that tonight on stage. Yeah. And, uh, but that they said, how can someone look so awkward and confident <laughs> all at the same time?
2: I feel like you could run with that. Yeah. And you just come up with different situations. Well, I mean, people writing
1: comments on my thing or uh, writing my jokes for me. Here.
2: Yeah. Well, there's really, really funny comments on the internet. Yeah. I mean, it's so sad, but some people live vicariously through their dream of being a comedian by like being you know a king on reddit <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean like i had an ex-boyfriend and his whole thing was just trying to like get upvotes on reddit and i'm like what is your life dude like
1: but aren't there, isn't that your whole
2: thing is just like you're you're living for these reddit upvotes it's so
1: well this exact. is what i've been doing now that i've gotten some verification on certain things like if you get verification on instagram when you comment on somebody's something. Mm-hmm. Than your comments at the top.
2: Yeah, it's real classism.
1: Yeah, so I've really been getting into trying to comment on, you know, different pages, funny pages that I follow mm-hmm. and get to go back and look and see how many likes yeah, I get. Yeah, it's like
2: all, all the people that don't have check marks are like the the poor kids that can't <laughs> afford to get into the good college. But everybody that's got a, got a check mark, they get to go ahead and get get seen and get the attention first. Yeah, I mean,
1: I'm finally not the poor kid. Uh I got a blue checkmark mark. Yeah,
2: now. you deserve it.
1: I got a blue checkmark on all of my stuff now, and that feels good. Yeah. Um, YouTube, I've had that for a while. I did that on my own. And uh, yeah. Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook.
2: Yeah, the other day I forgot to do your laundry, and you're like, I have a blue checkmark.
1: Yeah, well, you know, exactly. You wash my socks. Exactly. And I'm like, "Jeez." Yeah, you're yes. so abused. <laughs> Life is just, life's just been difficult I don't know, I'm sorry, you. I
2: feel weird doing a podcast at night, because we usually do it in the morning. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, it's a weird time to do it. I mean, especially, you know, I'm tired, and uh, but, you know, I, I'm enjoying it, and I, I'm enjoying talking to you. See, we, we get caught up this way.
2: Yeah, we do get caught up. I feel like it's just Hannah and Dusty talking now.
1: But I did, you know, last night at the show in uh, Las Vegas... <laughs> Uh, Emma Willman was on my show, and I don't know uh, how many people are, are familiar with Emma Willman. I know that she has her own fan base, but I, I mean, am
2: familiar with. But Emma people
1: Willman. that listen to me, I don't know, but I find her to be very funny, and I've worked with her several times, and uh, I thought she really had a great set last night at the show, and uh, it's fun. I mean, I think she has a good set every time I see her. We did. Um, um. um The um, She used to open for Louis C.K. a bunch. Did she? Yeah. Oh, I did not. And we did... Um,
2: That's cool. I feel like a lot of people did.
1: We did um, NACA together for the college auditions.
2: And uh,
1: yeah, you, you, you like this. I'd like to talk about this too because the song... Let me finish this thought and then I want to talk about this thing you're pulling up on your phone. But... She did the NACA auditions, and she had a louis c k joke, and it did it, it probably murders in clubs, but it did not go well at NACA and she had said to me last night she's like i shouldn't have, i shouldn't have led with that joke, but it's just like you get college students in a room they're like, "Ooh, we don't know if we should laugh at this and uh it's a great joke. I'm not gonna try to do her bit, but if you don't know her, check her out. I think she's very funny. We'll be riding wild." <laughs> Uh, Yeah, now we're going to move—let's move into this music section that you pulled up because you sent me one of these songs. Yeah. I didn't care for it, but I want to tell you why I didn't
2: care for it. Well, after the fact of sending it to you, I realized it was a cover. I didn't even know that those dudes sang that first. Yeah. That's why I— so I'm really—I love this album because I liked—okay, so it's the High Women. You know, they're pretty trendy right now. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of them, but— I discovered the the single that they had out this summer, "Redesigning Women," which we shared on this podcast. Yeah, that was alright. I like that one. Yeah, and they put out this album, and I really like it. Honestly, you I'm know. not.
1: I didn't listen to the whole album. I don't like the High Women song because it's a complete. I mean, it's a cover, but it it's just a complete rip off of the Highwaymen song. I think which it's is beautiful. A, which is a, well, yeah, because the Highwaymen song is beautiful.
2: Yeah, well, that's what covers are. You don't, you don't you know cover a song but it's, unless it's already a good song. It's
1: not a cover so much as it is like, we took your formula of what you did and we made it for us.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I think that's why they're seeing success is they're saying, okay, these were these coveted, uh, you know, idolized men in country music. And these women, country music, musician women are taking a place for themselves. And I'm right. sorry, but Dusty. Women are notoriously in country music, this is underrepresented, not, this is and, not, get, and don't get a lot of action. This so I is, think it's cool that they did this. This
1: is not about men and women. It's not about men versus women. Well, if you listen to
2: your al- the album, you would see that they're really speaking yeah. on some tones. Yeah, it's not the, about men day. versus
1: women. It's about that the highwayman is Willie... Nelson, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings and Chris Christopherson. They're legends and they all came together right. to sing the song and it's an amazing song. This it's not it's not some me commenting. But what
2: I'm saying is I'm not saying I, that I,
1: men wrote a song and now these women are covering it and I hate it. I'm saying it's a classic tune. And I don't care. And for it, it shall
2: remain a classic. I don't no care one's for taking it. this away from them. But what I like about the, their version of this song is it speaks to women's stories. All of those things that Willie Nelson and those guys were singing on this—it's all men stuff. It's all men's stuff: killing by a sword, abandon, riding on a train, ha, like slaying all these women and then leaving them. These women took that concept and told stories of that women go through. So me, as a woman, listening to it, obviously, I'm going to connect.
1: It did sound good. It had it, but it sounds it's good. Because All right, we got it. We
2: just got to play it, right? Because we, we, we can't just talk Let's not about play it. the whole song, though. Okay, right. but let's just play it.
1: Play a little bit of it.
2: This is the High Women. I
0: was a high woman And a mother from my youth <laughs> my just
2: rolled his eyes I did what I had to do
0: My family left Honduras They killed the Sandinistas. We fought our county through the dust of Mexico. Every one of them except for me survived. And I am still Still alive. I was a healer. I was gifted as a girl. Someone saw me sleeping Naked in the noon sun I heard witchcraft in the whispers And I knew my time had come The bastard hung me At the Salem God's Hill But I am living still The next
2: verse is really powerful
1: Just because she's has freedom
2: rider I love her voice When
0: we thought the South had won Virginia in the spring of 61 sat down on the greyhound that was bound for Mississippi my mother asked me if that ride was worth my life and where the shots rang out I never heard the sound but I am still around Now take that ride again
2: and, and, again, again, and, and again, again and again and again right I mean it's like yeah I mean I
1: I I mean, I like it, but it's like it's like you I mean, alright, so, alright, let's do this though.
2: I don't know if we're going to agree on this but uh, let me say this first is, on Saturday night, I took a walk at night and I listened to this album and I just kind of cried a little bit as I walked down the street, so don't take this away from me. I was listening to the High Women album and it brought me joy and catharsis Ah, Dusty this is a real Dustin move.
0: I was a highwayman Along the coach roads I did ride. Just willing. Really. With sword and pistol by my side Many a young maid lost her baubles to my trade Many a soldier shed his lifeblood on my blade
1: I mean, I'm just saying, it's just, I, I I, get it. I mean, and I'm not taking it away from you. I'm not, I want you to listen to it. I want you to enjoy it.
2: Let me play this other song, which is not one you've heard, but I think is also really beautiful. It's called Crowded Table, again, on the High Women album.
1: I mean, honestly, I'm happy you're listening to Country.
2: this better they have so many beautiful sounds.
0: When you need to
2: let yeah i mean listen this is what i love about them it's Juds 2.0 it's the judge 2.0 mother and daughter combo now just four women harmonizing you know i love that i i you like you know it. that i love that why are you taking this away i'm not from taking me? it i like you've the- been you've been trying to turn me into a southerner and now i'm finally one you say nah i these boys are better.
1: I like the album. It's just that one song that, that bothers me.
2: Well, you need to cool down.
1: I'm, I'm cool as a cucumber here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so.
2: Um, I mean, she has a song about her dad dying and they're having a drink called Cocktail in a Song. My dad's not even dead, but I'm like, that's going to be the song I listen to when my dad dies. You know what I mean? Like, it's great.
1: well country's got a lot of those
2: oh yeah but anyways the high women they're great i think they're on the cover of rolling stone this this summer so it's like i'm not discovering anybody new that's not what i do with music i find it years after they're already popular but great album love it i'm jamming to it i like it yeah
1: oh you know who else was at the show i'm gonna switch back to comedy here uh tom papa uh very funny yeah very funny really enjoyed his comedy
2: what a name.
1: Yeah. Papa. Papa. What we're going to do is we're going to edit out our clips of all of the uh, advice to comics, and we're going to add them to YouTube. We're going to put all that on YouTube here soon. Mm-hmm. And Hannah has done that work to edit that out. And she's gone back and edited all of our podcasts where there were music – playing in the background we thought that was cool and fun and we liked it and we got some notes from people saying they didn't like it so we went back and we took all that out we missed a couple in the beginning when we did it but we went back and we took all that out so yeah. now we're back
2: mm. yeah so we're doing it yeah i, I mean, mean it's just like you know a lot of people start podcasts but like most things in life it's easy to start things but once you're in the the middle of it or you're just kind of in the, I don't know, in the in the mid to, to light stream of it, you kind of get to a place where you're like, well, what am I doing here? And what are we trying to do? So we're still, you know, looking for ideas of improvement. We're still obviously growing the podcast, you know, but we're going on probably almost a year and a half maybe now, two years. I don't know.
1: I just found a note that I wrote on my phone that I passed to you while we were at dinner in Seven Springs. Yeah. And it says, behind you, the kid is crying while his family (laughs) is eating, and it's weird and distracting.
2: (laughs) That was funny. And
1: that's true. Me and Hannah were sitting there, and the table behind us was mom, dad, son, daughter. Yeah. And the son, I mean, the son was probably eight I mean, and he was just crying, like he wasn't but like. But they
2: were all ignoring him. He
1: wasn't loudly, audibly crying, but you could—I could, I could I had a direct line to his face. <laughs> but
2: my back was to them, so yes. I couldn't see them at all. So I'm
1: trying to talk to Hannah and have a conversation <laughs> with her, but there's just this kid just crying, and his dad's just eating. His dad looks like he's had enough. He's like, "I'm not tolerating it. I brought you all here to this resort, and all you do is sit there and cry." so then the, the, <laughs> the dad or the mom and the son got up and left, and the dad and the daughter stayed, so I still couldn't talk to Hannah about it. And then we leave we leave <laughs> and we leave and go get like, I don't know, we go to try to find some cookies, and we go into the, this ice cream shop, and there's the kid. He got himself an ice cream. He cried yeah. his way into an ice cream. Aww. but maybe he was sick. Maybe he just didn't feel good, I don't know. I think
2: when you're a parent, at the end of the day, you're like, I don't want to see my child cry anymore. Let's get yeah, him some ice. Yeah, he
1: one. cried his way into a. But we did put out the Seven Springs video. If you haven't watched that on YouTube, uh, it's pretty fun. It just shows a little bit of that resort and what we were doing at that uh, that corporate event. And we got it going down the Alpine. We had slide. a
2: great summer. I mean, we're in September now. We're reflecting. It's September 11th. It
1: is September. Oh, it is September
2: 11th. Today. Yeah, R.I.P. Well.
1: Here's a conspiracy.
0: urban legends
1: ghost exist when I was September 11th 2001 I had been uh, out of high school for a year and in August of that year I joined the army I think it was August when I joined I joined joined the army I got arrested, didn't make it in. So I'm kind of bummed about it, you know, and I don't know what to do next. And I'm still living at my mom's house and I'm sleeping on. So I've been arrested, but I haven't yet gone to court. So there's still a lot of time. There's months in between me going to court. So I'm just kind of hanging out, kind of bumming around. And I'm laying on this couch. I sleep on this couch in my bedroom at my mom's house. Who knows what I was doing the night before but I'm sleeping and my sister calls me and she goes, hey, did you see what happened on TV? Did you – she's like a, a, "A airplane just hit the World Trade Center and I'm like – and I'm so stupid. At 19, I'm like, like, what's that? You know, And she's like, all right, just cut. I didn't
2: know what it was either. Yeah, she's
1: like, just cut on CNN and uh, or whatever and uh, so I cut it on. Just in time to see the second plane go, and I'm like, wow, that's traumatic, but also, wow, am I glad I'm not in the army? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that makes me sound good because I know a lot of people saw that and then went and enlisted. They were like, we're being attacked. I'm going to go enlist. And me, I'm going, oh, man, because my whole mentality of joining the army was I was trying to get free college. I was like, hey, we're never going to go to war. Who's going to mess with America? Right. And then we've been at war since then. (laughs) Right. So. uh, So, yeah, I mean, not to make light of anything there. I'm just saying that that's my story. That's where I was at at 19. Uh, You know, just an idiot. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. Tell us yours. Well, my story, the, 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 pre, the prelude before September 11th is really what, what makes it interesting to me anyway, is that um, that summer, I was in high school when this happened, but that summer um, one of our, one of my childhood friends died and my best friend, my best girlfriend was best friends with him. Like we were all very close and he died and uh, it was really sad. And his mother um, used to always take trips in the summer with him. And so he passed away and she still wanted to take a trip. So she invited my best friend to go on a trip with her. And she said, you know, bring whoever you want with you. So, my best friend brought me right it's because we were best friends so bffs bffs
1: without that second f
2: so i went for the first time in a plane i'd never been in a plane before and we flew to new york city and this is obviously before 9-11 so i didn't need a passport um and i didn't even have a canadian driver's license yet so i just i don't even know what i i think i just showed up (laughs) and (laughs) (laughs) like honestly (laughs) and
1: uh wow how how different that is yeah uh, and so
2: that would have been like august 2001 and we went to new york city and i mean looking back on it i guess they had quite a bit of money because we stayed at like a hotel right downtown in manhattan and you know it was very it was very odd because obviously um uh, the, we were with i was with my best friend and we were with um the guy's mom and and her and her uh, friend Uh, who was also a family member of hers. So we were all hanging out, but it was under kind of weird circumstances because it was like obviously a lot of bereavement going on. And then, of course, I had just lost my mom and brother like a year before. So I'm all like, death is everywhere, you know. But I'm in New York City, so I'm like, this is kind of (laughs) cool. Kind (laughs) of. So my friend and I, you know, had a great time. We walked around New York. I was seeing it for the first time and – and it was amazing, and we did all the typical touristy things like we went to the Russian tea room we we went through like we went on a horse and buggy, we went to fancy restaurants, we went to a Broadway play. I think we went to the Lion King, I guess actually and uh, and we took um, a tour around the city. and uh, I remember we were in downtown downtown New York City. And I remember, like, looking up, and I'm like, whoa, those buildings are so tall. That's crazy. And I took these pictures, right? I had one of those disposable cameras, and I took these pictures. And I just thought it was so crazy how tall those buildings were. Um, so that was in, like, August 2001. And then, you know, two or three weeks later, it was September 11th, because in Canada we went back to school after Labor Day. So we would have went back to school on September 2nd or 3rd. So we, you know, and I I remember I was in grade going into, I was in grade 12. Yeah, I was in grade, I would just gotten into grade 12. And I had a spare in the morning. So I was at the gym and there was TVs on at the gym. And then it was like all these things. And I didn't, I didn't even know that it was, I didn't know what the Trade Center was. And so I just saw it and I was like, okay, it's the news, just regular fair of the news burning buildings and whatnot like i didn't even i got to school and everyone was like freaking out and crying and they're like the world trade center and in the u.s the u.s is under attack and i'm like what and i honestly just thought people were overreacting i'm like all right just calm down like but then it became like a very big deal really really quickly and uh and i don't even isn't think it I,
1: weird those kids in school that like knew things i was always yeah. very naive yeah but the other kids they they were really smart and I was like, they always knew things.
2: I don't think most people knew what the Trade Center was. Unless you lived in New York. If you lived in New York, I think everybody knew what it was. But I don't I don't like why would I know what the World Trade Center was? Why would that be an important building to know of? Like think about what other towers around the world right now do you know the names of? The Eiffel Tower, uh the the – what's the other one near here? The well, Empire I think they State were the Building? Largest, I
1: think they were the largest buildings in the world at one point though. Maybe. I think – I'm pretty sure they were. Maybe. At one point, yeah.
2: But I mean their significance wasn't something that like I could have
1: – Well, I think we were just young. I mean that, that's why I think that. We were just young and it's like the internet wasn't controlling everything back then. So it's like – we weren't seeing these things so and it was yeah. a symbol to see those things yeah. like that and uh yeah so it was bonkers it was it was crazy and it's because I,
2: canada felt it just the same well but, not the same i guess because it's like not our country but we definitely it was very 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 alarming
1: yeah, very serious, very yeah. serious stuff. And it's had, you know, and, and it's crazy
2: it as 18 years. And ago.
1: honestly, the country hasn't been the same since. No,
2: I nothing's mean, it's been a, the same since. Yeah.
1: I mean, we I mean, talk about just airport security. I mean, it's yeah. like, I mean, airport security. I mean, I got pre check now. And uh, also, I just got upgraded to uh, platinum, I'm platinum membership with uh, American Airlines. So uh, I'm pretty big time. And uh, yeah, so checking in is pretty easy for me. But even pre-check. I mean, my bag got checked today uh, because I had some uh, some nuts in there.
2: Yeah, everything's different. I remember, like, so I was in high school when that happened, and then I moved to Ireland after high school. And that would have been, like, 2003, 2002, 2003. And I remember I was living in a hostel, like, when the war in Iraq happened and everything. Yeah. Or began to happen. Yeah. Because it's essentially still happening. But— it was very interesting to be around people from all different countries and their whole perspective of it all and their whole perspective on uh, America and then also hanging out with Americans because really when I was in Ireland was the first time I was ever hanging out with Americans. Little did I know I would one day marry one and become one myself. Yeah, you're you're in America now. Yeah, I'm American. No, I'm not American. But but yeah, it was wild times. It was bonkers. War in Iraq. Remember that? That was crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, so we had some guys tonight that came to the show that um, said they had been listening to me while in Iraq. And they said they're coming back to Nashville. And uh, so I invited them out to the show. And it felt great. And I wanted to give some kind of shout-out, but I just am not good at planning these sorts of things. Like I always want to – Give some kind of salute, like like on a day like this. I felt like it would have been a nice thing to like make a statement and say, "Hey, remember, you know, you know this and this." But also, it's like it's not happy, it's not fun. So I'm like, I'm doing a comedy show. Like I don't, yeah. I hate to bring up things like that because, yeah, it hasn't been good, you know. Yeah. But anyway, um, well, that's our stories. Uh, I don't want to go down. I don't want to go down this road so much. It's
2: weird because I kind of want to, but that's just my. That's just you know the trauma in me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that yeah, it's fun. Yeah, let's keep it light. Yeah, let's keep. Let's it, keep having a good time. Yeah, I mean, like this is fine. I like hearing the stories, uh, for sure. And I, after that, I moved into a trailer for the second time, uh, and then I lost my. Li- I went then I went to court, and I lost my driver's license for nine months. I got two years unsupervised probation, I got um, fines, and I had community service. And so I lived in this trailer out, out, outside of the city limits for two years, but nine months uh, without a license. So I was just kind of stuck out there. I worked, I worked at the office depot, I had somebody give me a ride every day, worked at the office depot. and That was I, a really,
2: really sad time in your life. It wasn't all that sad. I had a great time. But you must have felt like a loser, though, right? No, everybody came to my trailer.
1: (laughs) We had a lot of parties there. We actually had a great time.
2: (laughs) That's why you're special, because you're always just having a good time. Yeah, I mean— You're not too inside your head about this. Yeah,
1: all my friends didn't have—they live with their parents.
2: Yeah, you were the party house, Yeah, they'd
1: come over my trailer, and we could party it up.
2: Well, you know, that's where you and I are similar, is you had the party house right in high school now before my mom died there was no parties but when my mom died my dad let my brother and i do whatever we want so then we started having parties at our house too like oh, yeah. my dad would just be like hey can i have a party and he would i shouldn't even say this because he worked for the police but he <laughs> <laughs> would like i mean i was allowed to have parties until i don't know this is i had a couple parties and Jake would have a couple parties because my brother and I had went to different high schools, so we had different friends. But we were basically the same age. My brother's a year older than me. But um, so I had parties. Jake had parties. Everything was fine. But my dad said, "Hannah, you can't have any more parties," because he said he just hated drunk women. He just said girls get so loud when they get drunk, and it kind of sucked. You know, I just like wasn't allowed to have parties on account of women's screechy voices. Yeah.
1: I had so much – I partied so much underage, and the (laughs) cops got called on my parties a lot. These were at my mom's house. The cops never got called out to the trailer. They didn't care out there. But that I was at a party after I was 21. I was probably 22, and the cops came, and I ran and hid. And then as I'm hiding, I'm like, oh – I'm legal to drink.
2: <laughs> you know I can't imagine it sucks that you guys have to wait till you're 21. I mean it's legal in Ontario at 19. Oh, There's yeah. people in high school back in the day when we had grade 13 that you could drink. 21 just seems ridiculous. And Why is it so late?
1: I don't know. And how I, are
2: people even in drinking in college?
1: In Alabama, well, it's easy to get. In Alabama, you can't buy cigarettes until you're 19. Every other state's eighteen. I, think.
2: I just don't understand why twenty-one it seems so old.
1: Well, you know the the whole thing that people have always said is like, well, you're eighteen to serve in the military, yeah, but twenty-one to drink, yeah, yeah, it's crazy.
2: And you can kill someone, but you can't get a buzz.
1: All right, you're technically an adult at eighteen, but yeah. you can't you can't buy alcohol. But I don't know, that's I a, mean, that's
2: American puritanism, right there. But it's so
1: easy to get. That it's not an issue. Yeah. We would just go to a gas station and try to find some old dude going in and go, hey, man, will you buy some, will you buy some liquor in there? Will you buy? It was easier to get liquor than it was to get beer.
2: Hey, you know, the good thing is, is like, you know, you can't drink until 21, but the, everyone's making up for it and becoming alcoholics afterwards. Oh, so man. I watched it's, a, it's all good.
1: I watched a thing today about how bad alcoholism is in the country <laughs> right now. It said – I think it said something like 40 percent of women – uh Could be considered alcoholics and something like seventy percent of men yeah, I mean in the u in the us yeah, I'm like, I mean you know, but that's the thing I love drinking if I wasn't such a maniac with drinking, I'd still be doing it I mean I think it's a blast
2: yeah I mean, I mean, it's there are a lot of alcoholics, and there's a lot of like addicts, people that identify as addicts. I don't know, it's so weird because I definitely had alcoholicy
1: Our lives phases. would be so different. If we both were drinking all the time.
2: Yeah, but see, I can drink.
1: Just me drinking all the time oh, would change the whole dynamic of everything we have going all the Deep time. Deep down inside <laughs> of me,
2: I'm always a little scared that something's going to happen. You're going to drink and you become some sort of Dr. <laughs> Jekyll and Mr. Hyde.
1: Oh, I do. I for sure do.
2: Yeah, I- I remember the first couple of dates I went on with you and you told me you were a recovering alcoholic and I remember looking in your eyes and I'm like, yeah, I can see
1: that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you just had some sort of weird twinkle in your eye. I'm like, I bet you get that weird little removed look that lurks behind your pupils when you get drunk. After, like, one beer, you become a different person.
1: Not one beer, but it doesn't take many. Yeah, that's the creepy
2: alcoholic.
1: And my friend used to say to me, he said, I can always tell when you're drunk. Oh, that's so creepy. I hate that look. The look in your eyes, he's like, uh, oh. I had a
2: girlfriend that was like that in, in college. She would... She'd have one or two beers and she'd get some weird look in her eye and you're just like, What the heck?
1: Yeah, it's so clear that my body is not designed for a lot of the food and things in America because I just I I've not been eating much, but I am back on meat, which is delicious.
2: Can we have one podcast where we don't talk about <laughs> your diet and no. your food? Every day it's like I am back on me. I'm not eating seeds
1: no no and, bread. uh and no so but I'm just saying I feel great no we can't have a we can't have an episode without me talking about my diet because it's taking over my life I know and I feel good I feel good finally yeah you're looking slim and trim yeah I did 20 push-ups the other day yeah I did 20 push-ups and I was so sore it was pathetic
2: well push-ups are hard though. I did
1: so I did some more I've been doing push-ups now
2: I do push-ups I'm about but to I get unapologetically do girl push-ups I'm about to get ripped I great i've been trying to get you to get ripped forever i actually don't really want you to i like pudgy body
1: it's going away nah because you won't let me talk about my diet
2: yeah i like a pudgy diet i remember one time when we were together i'd been running a lot and you inadvertently told me to stop running because you were like saying i was too thin yeah
1: you was getting too skinny
2: yeah Anyway,
1: <laughs> all right. Well, this has been great. We are gonna. I am gonna launch back into some advice to comics. But I mean, to be honest with you, at the at the moment, I don't know what else to say. I did have lunch with a friend the other day, and we talked for a long time about comedy. Uh, actually, my friend Rocky Dale Davis. I saw him out in Las Vegas. He lives out there, and we talked for a long time. R D D. Yeah, and he gave you know uh in you know in our conversation it gave me some stuff that i wanted to talk about and my friend uh david ross who lives out in tucson arizona also sent me a thing the other day that i thought was really interesting that i want to try to get into but just the traveling it's been tough to keep all that going but i got a lot of stuff going on some very exciting things happening and um yeah so just all good stuff and i appreciate people tuning in anything you'd like to add here hannah
2: no, I'd just like to say that I'm really proud of you, Dusty. And, you know, I really admire your character to get up early and take these flights and work the, you know, work these clubs and, and hustle and, you know, help buy me a house. I really appreciate that.
1: Well, I'm having a great time. And, you know, I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, if, if, if there was one thing to just to say, I mean, I just think that's important to just take your time with comedy, right, and not rush it. Because the, the great thing for me is that. I mean, I've had so many jobs that I really kind of ran the ran the gamut. Is that the word? Ran the gamut. Sure. On, on jobs, and now, I, like, I know what I don't like. And I I enjoy doing comedy. Yeah, there's times, I mean, especially, you know, I still go to a city now. I mean, I have a lot. I mean, I get recognized a lot, which is very nice. I go to the airport. People are like, hey, I got recognized by one of the janitors at the uh, Bellagio, which is amazing. A young guy. And so it's all really fun. But I still go to a lot of cities where people don't really know me and I don't have a big draw there. And it can be work when you go out and there's not a big audience. But I still enjoy it. I'm still like this even a hard working comedy day is better than some of the other jobs I've done in the past. So, I would just tell people not to rush it with with comedy. Have some real life experiences, you know.
2: Yeah, and on that, I've been thinking about this a lot because I've been thinking about my own struggles with my pride and my ego and I feel like that's been a real hindrance to me and I think for different reasons in my life I've like Got, I got into the habit in my adult life to just doing things on my own and not being open to advice, not being open to help because I just sort of had to, for whatever reason, I had to sort of learn to do things on my own. But it's been really interesting to be with Dusty because what I always noticed about him right away was how you would just be so open to other people's advice and critiques and help. And I think that that, out of everything— is what helps you the most. So I think that you guys listening, if you're listening because you like the advice, I think you're already like the type of person that is prepared for success because I think being open to help and being open to failure and learning from failure and, and not letting, you know, failure or disappointment totally destroy you or the advice of someone else totally destroy you. I just think those are just so, so uh, valuable to have that kind of attitude. And, um, so thanks for listening and thank you for being open to advice. And I hope that everything that, that we've talked about has edified you and helped you in some way. Yeah. A lot of
1: people have said, thank you for saying those things. A lot of people have said how much they've listened and how much it has helped them in their comedy journey. And, uh, I think that's great. I mean, because that's what I want this to be. This there's no formula to being a great comic. There's no formula to to having success, but there is uh, a basic, you know, um, you know, kind of kind of steps that you can take to help ensure that you do get there.
2: Yeah, and while stand up out of any other art is quite a solitary craft, you don't have to do this on your own. You don't have to just be on your own out there. With no help, no advice, no wherewithal, you you can you can heed the advice of others and let that help you. You know this isn't this isn't something you have to do on your own completely.
1: My friend Ed Wiley has uh, quoted me on one of these on one of the podcasts early on where I said, I forget exactly the quote. I wish I had it pulled up to read, but he said that uh, and. You know, if you're an older person and you have a family and you're getting into comedy, remember, uh, your your family may not understand, and don't get mad at them because it's not their fault that you do comedy. <laughs> and, uh, totally, <laughs> it's so true though. Yeah. But I I just think that's fun that because Ed has, I believe that Ed has is mar- You know, Ed is obviously married, but I, I believe Ed has six uh children and uh they're great uh his kids listen to the opry on the radio so they always listen when i'm on there and uh i just think that's so fun because they live down in georgia and uh they're always listening georgia and uh got a bunch of goats down there
2: well i'd so, like to play us out with a high wi- high women song
1: okay so we're gonna play out with a high woman song thank you for listening uh come check you know i don't know i got no shows in town but if you're in tempe come check me out this weekend uh next week in west palm beach florida and then i'll be at a college in missouri somewhere uh i'll have a good time having a good time so thank you very much we're having a good time
0: me a bottle of tequila said time's running out we're gonna have to pretend it's a margarita it's a water